one of the things we talk about in, in, in our presentation, and actually it's your section, we talked about the, the original four pillars of hip hop of peace, unity, love, and having fun. Um, and I think that's the basis of where we start in terms of understanding the, the culture, because uh, hip hop is a culture, and we argue that all the time uh, when we go out there and speak. But um, those four pillars, um, then it starts to branch off out of there. Um, it, it's really the ground, uh, the, the foundation for what hip hop is really about. And can you imagine going to a classroom where those are the four pillars of your classroom? Peace, love, unity, and having fun. At the end of the day, that's what we are trying to create as educators with you know this uh, cultural competence and all of that. At the end of the day, these are, the pillars already exist in hip hop. It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso Josie, alongside James in the building. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, hopefully your, your internet will, um, you know, not fail us again. Um, I'm calling you Kareem, because usually Kareem is the one that, um, you know, has the issues with the internet. So I don't know what's going on in your neck of the woods. Um, maybe somebody else is taking up your internet, stealing your internet, but maybe, uh, hopefully we'll keep this moving. So um, on the previous podcast, we had Christian L, the R&B Ruger on a Rock Nation artist. We talked about hip hop. We talked about social issues on that one. So if you haven't checked that one out, make sure you check that out. Definitely doing some big things in, in New, New Jersey. Um, had a lot of music out, was listening to this music, some definitely some good material out there. Uh, but also the Empowerment Perspective Group has been doing a three-part free seminar for a new and, and aspiring assistant principals out there. And Jamie, you got the opportunity to see part one. Tell me your impressions of part one. I mean, part one, I, I think it was really awesome. You went over a lot of information. Um, there were a lot of people there that, I'm sure really needed that information. There were some great questions at the end. So it was very resourceful. So if you are interested in joining that, again, it's absolutely free. Uh, make sure you hit us up um, or the empowermentperspective.com and you make sure that you can uh, register for that. We have two more sessions going on on um, June 10th. We're going to go over interview techniques for new and aspiring assistant principals. And then part three, we're going to do connecting the dots. Jamie will join me on that one. And we're going to be talking about how to build relationships, but using customer service as the tool and the vehicle to be able to build those relationships. And that was some, we're going to give him a little preview, Jamie, because we did that presentation at the World Summit. I think there was over 20,000 people in, in our particular session at that time, which was huge. Um, tell us, give them a little bit, not a lot, give them a little bit about what we talk about in that particular session. Well, I, I think that um, a lot of times we forget that schools are a business and can sometimes, and should sometimes be run like a business. Um, and we need to make sure that we're treating everyone the same across the board. Perfect. So that's what we kind of explain in our customer service um, model that we present through education. Um, but again, LinkedIn has been my gold mine. I've been searching through always every single day, making new contacts and trying to find some um, interesting material to bring our audience. Um, so shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us for the last six seasons. You know, they, thank you for that as well. But um, 
I came across this one brother and I, he, he, his content kind of sounded very similar to some of the stuff that we were doing. And I said, you know what? If Kareem was here, he'd be like, I'll be petty. I ain't going to put him on. And I was like, no, he has in, in information that everyone needs to hear. Um, and we talk about hip hop pedagogy. Um, we also, at the Power Perspective Group, talk about how to reach and teach today's hip hop generation. And I found this brother on there, David Spellman, um, who's doing exactly the same thing, but a little bit different uh, with us. So it's definitely um, good to see that somebody else out there is one, um, spreading that word through hip hop and also teaching these educators. David Spellman, how are you doing, sir? I just appreciate y'all for giving me this platform, giving me the opportunity to continue pushing out the message. You know, hip hop is, is life for a lot of us. So, why wouldn't be why wouldn't it be a part of my profession as an educator? So Absolutely. appreciate y'all. Thanks for being on tonight. Now, we had a little conversation off air about where you're from and where you are right now. So let's start with where are you from? And then we'll talk about where you're at right now. Because it ain't about where you're from, it's where you're at sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. But I, I I'm big on the lyrics, so I always throw them in there. So Drake said in one line, you know, hardly home, but always repping. So as you can see in the back. I got the London or the England flag. I was born in the UK. Um, both my parents were in the military, spent some time in Sweden, spent some time in Guam, spent some time in Philadelphia. I've been a little bit everywhere, grew up Latino, um, but now I call Charlotte, North Carolina home. But I, I'm definitely uh, a children of the universe, a child of the universe. All influences, got love for everybody, just big on culture. That's what's up. Shout out to Charlotte, man. We got a huge follower in North Carolina. Kannapolis, my family's out there. Concord, shout out to the Josie family that's out there, um, out there in, in North Carolina. So I definitely rock with Charlotte and in, in North Carolina as well. Y'all racetrack a little too loud for me, though, but <laughs> we can still rock with that. But um, definitely Kareem Spencer's in the building. He finally showed up. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I can't complain. You know, it's... um. It's it's time for my Lakers to take off. That's that's what we're about to do. So we got game two tonight. So um shout out to the homie on the podcast with us. We appreciate your time, appreciate your dedication to, to the education field. So, you know, I'm joining late, but it's it's better to be late than never arrive. So I'm here now. Well, it makes sense. Hopefully LeBron shows up for you tonight because he kind of dropped the ball last time. We can talk about that at the end of the podcast when we like it. <laughs> but um, I want to dig into it. We're big with the why here. It's like, why do you do the work that you do? And why education and why hip-hop and education? Well, just, just the energy. Like I said, growing up overseas, interacting with so many different cultures, I knew I was going to be having a profession in that capacity, interacting with people, helping people, coaching, whatever it may be. So I did my undergrad at Virginia Union University out of Richmond, VA, um, psychology with a Spanish minor, but just straight from undergrad, went right into the school. It started mentoring, but then it started working on behaviors. And that was like my, my passion. How can I help this young person evolve and get to that next level, you know, with a big part of me helping them there. So I've been working in education for the past 11 years, pretty much my whole adult life I've been working in education slash mental health and with the hip-hop hip aspect is you know I'm a child of hip-hop I'm an 80s baby 90s kid so I grew up in that golden era having just the the best version of what people would call hip-hop in my opinion so it was always a part of me just growing up being just ingratiated into the lyrics to the culture you know so why, like I said earlier, why would not why would that not carry over to my profession? 
And the reason why I had to is I'm the individual that implements behavior management programs. Mm -hmm. So if a school or a school district is buying, you know, whatever program for SEL or behavior management, me as a brother, I would have to remix it just to make it relevant to my students. And I got mm -hmm. tired of that. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I create something? There's a lot of positive messages in hip hop that if you mm -hmm. know, you know. So I just took what I already knew <laughs> and what's already been a part of me and just transitioned it to working with my students. And mm -hmm. that's how the book was created. That's how I've been getting these opportunities to speak at different conferences. And it's, it's, been, it's been nice to mm -hmm. see that the culture has been accepted into the education space. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of things I want to get to in that statement alone. But I want to start with, because when we go out and speak all the time, one of the mm -hmm. things that we try to break down is that hip hop is not all about misogynist lyrics. It's not all about mm -hmm. violence. Like explain that that experience when you go out there and speak and, and explain to our audience that, you know, the power of hip hop, the positivity of hip hop and how it actually can be used. Can you talk about that a little bit? So then I got to take people back to the essence, you know, what was hip hop the foundation built on? <laughs> you know, KRS, you know, DJ Cool Herc. I know I'm a little bit, you know, past that era, but I still go back. You know, KRS once said, the ones who shout out the old, the people that came before them are greater than the ones that didn't. So in order for me to know what hip hop is today, I would have to do my research. But mm -hmm. I just pull up the lyrics. I show educators, I show nonprofit organizations how I take the lyric and put a positive spin on it. But even sometimes I don't even have to do that. I always reference this, a Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. That was the first time that a hip hop album gave me a vocabulary word. And one of the little um, preludes to a song, it says, um, the title of this program is Midnight Marauders. Mm -hmm. Then it says, to maraud is to loop. In this case, we loop for ears. I had to go back and listen, maraud, what is maraud? I never heard that word. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow hip-hop taught me a vocabulary word that I use to this day. So mm -hmm. if you really just be a student of hip-hop, there's so many opportunities like that for hip-hop to teach mm -hmm. and to empower. It's not, like you said, not about the misogyny, not about the drug references, the killing. It's part of it, but so much more to hip-hop. Right. Yeah, let me chime in for a second, Misto, yeah, because what, what, what he's saying is, is so profound. And it's like when you look at a community and if all you see is the negativity that is coming out of the community, you'll never be able to understand the people or even what actually is causing the negativity to occur at such a high rate. So that's just profound on how he's able to put a twist on it so that others who are outside the culture are able to understand just a little bit about the culture. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we talk about in, in, in our presentation, and actually it's your section, we talked about the, the original four pillars of hip hop of mm -hmm. peace, unity, love, and having fun. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the basis of where we start in terms of understanding the, the culture, because uh, hip hop is a culture and we argue that all the time uh, when we go out mm -hmm. there and speak, but um, those four pillars, um, then it starts to branch off out of there. Um, it, it's really the ground uh the the foundation for what mm -hmm. hip-hop is really about and could you imagine going into a classroom where those are the four pillars of your classroom peace love unity and having fun at the end of the day that's what we are trying to create as educators mm -hmm. with you know this uh cultural competence and all of that at the end mm -hmm. of the day these are, the pillars already exist in hip-hop yeah. Um, Kareem, I want to talk about, because you also talk about um, hip-hop only being, being the only culture and uh, music and art form that has transcended cultures. It's, it's over the world. I mean, the brother grew up in, in overseas in London, and he, I mean, he could probably speak to that too, but Kareem, if you could kick mm -hmm. it off, like, um, 
what how, how explain that the difference between hip hop and, and other genres or other cultures like explain that how that how that kind of um spread across the, the world like why why do you think okay. people gravitate to this Here, here's the thing and we and we talked about this when we was in San Antonio and we had someone there that was from the Caribbean and I said that you know what I think I want to be Jamaican today and she looked at me and she was like no you can't be Jamaican because you're not from this place so what hip hop has done has been able to allow any and everyone into the space, even if you're not even from the Bronx or Queens, depending on what side you argument you live on and you're trying to say which where it started. But to make it really like emphasize that the, the culture doesn't require you to be in one particular place. It doesn't require you to have no ethnicity. You have to go back thousands of years to figure out whether or not if you're actually from this place. Hip hop in itself is. It's, it's a culture that has transponded through all the racial barriers. So regardless of the, the color of your skin, regardless of the language that you speak, you can still be hip hop. And no one is going to judge you and say that you're not. So I can't be Jamaican because I'm not from Jamaica. I can't be Trinidadian because I'm not from Trinidad. I can't be Russian because I'm not from Russian. So, so in, in order for me to be hip hop, only thing I have to be, that's it. I just have to be hip hop. I don't have to be from a place. And I think that separates from any other culture that we have in the world because we bring it about unity, peace, and having fun. No other culture is built on that. Some cultures is just built on war. And the only thing they want to do is just kill other people. Religions are just based on certain type of philosophies. But hip hop, oh, you just have to be hip hop. Mm. Hip hop is continuing to evolve and for that, it gives life because it never stops evolving. Mm, that's that's yeah. true. Jamie, I saw you nodding your head when he was talking about Tribe Called Quest and Midnight Marauders. That would resonate with you when he started talking about that that particular album and Tribe Called Quest, because I know you're you're a fan of the tribe. Tribe. So I think for me, a tribe called Quest just brought me back to where I was introduced to hip hop. My older sister, I would go and see her and, and her and her friends would have a Tribe Called Quest playing, and that's kind of where I, I fell in love with hip hop. Yeah, that's deep. I can remember the exact time and place where I was, where I really fell in love with, with hip hop music and then with the culture and, and the art form um, as well. Uh, Dave, can you take us to that place? Like, what was that moment where you was just like, yo, this is like hip hop blew your mind. Like, this was like the first time you heard it, and it was like, this is the first song I remembered from first, you know, just something that 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 resonated with you. Take us to that place. Man, to, to actually pinpoint, I could say the first time I heard hip hop, I believe I was living in Guam at the time. Um, I can't tell you what song it was, but I know my first recollection of like hip hop, hip hop, because like most of us, we grew up with our parents. Hip hop wasn't really in the house. So I would say my first memory of music would be Stevie Wonder, which led me to other genres. But my first memory of hip hop was definitely in Guam. But of course, coming to the States, I can remember Wu-Tang, uh, <laughs> Gangstar, like of all the classics, of course. But as far as like a lyric, definitely something from Tribe. Like Fife Dog was, was my guy. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, matter of fact. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's let's they take this idea of hip hop and let's oh bring oh it. me so oh. we we you didn't you didn't get to me man because I had this song playing in my head for like three minutes now 
ever since Jamie started talking. It's, it's Planet Rock for me, Africa Bad Bottom. Make me want to break out in a breakdance move right now. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I did skip over you. That's a dope song. For, for me, I remember it was um, actually Lottie Dottie was the mm. first. I mm-hmm. heard Sugar Hill Gang and all that stuff before, but I remember sitting in my mom's Oldsmobile. She ain't had no AC, so the windows was down. We cranked up the music. We, we were going somewhere. I, I think my mom used to do this thing called getting lost. We ain't had no money, so she had to get enough to get gas money, and we would just get in the car. And this is before GPS and, and all that stuff. So we would just get in the car and drive and then get lost. But then we blasted the music. And I remember I heard Lottie Dottie, and I, it blew my mind. It just, mm-hmm. I was like, it just, I had kept rewinding it and rewinding it and just trying until I got the lyrics. I had to get these lyrics to this song. And if you listen to it mm-hmm. today, it's so basic and it's so elementary. Mm-hmm. But here I was a young kid and I was just like, yo, this song is definitely, um, you know, something that that resonated with me. Then that made me go back to the message. It made me go back mm-hmm. to all those things. And and then the clear picture that it saw, that it painted for mm-hmm. me was just like, you know, I see, you know, this actually happened in my neighborhood and somebody put it to, in words that, you know, I have these pictures mm-hmm. of exactly what I was experiencing. And then NWA comes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, somebody on the other side of the country is like actually living the same, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lifestyle. So it kind of this, you know, snowball from there. Of course, the breakdancing, I was mm-hmm. in love with that. Graffiti art was in love with that. Eventually became a DJ and MC. So I just, you know, hip hop kind of, uh embodied me and everything mm-hmm. it, it spoke to me because it was like this is how i live so i don't have to be different you know what i'm saying like, i could walk in and, and be me and be comfortable with that and my mm-hmm. hope is when these students enter the classroom educators can see them and and appreciate the fact that they are them in that in that particular space um mm-hmm. so how do we begin to bridge this gap how do we begin to use hip-hop within the classroom um david how would you I'm going to put the scenario this way because we run across this all the time. There's a teacher that's not from the culture, don't understand the culture, but the culture exists in the classroom. So how does that teacher begin to use the culture to be able to connect with these these students in the classroom? Well, first thing I got to say is how not to do it. Um, I've seen examples, and it's not even specifically tied to hip hop, but I've seen a lot of educators not of the culture in February put on the dashikis and, and whatnot. And it's like, if you're only gonna celebrate the culture during February, I would rather you not celebrate it at all because that's not authentic. And I feel like that's, I, I say that to say, for any educator that wants to introduce hip hop into their classroom, because the culture is there, you can't put on a gold rope chain, you can't wear a kango and think that's good enough. Like you really have to ingratiate yourself to the culture because if we really wanna break it down, hip hop, rap, whatever you want to call it, it's poetry to beats. So that's an easy end for an ELA teacher. I mean, there's so many ways you can integrate hip hop into education. And the my, my you know, drug of choice, so to speak, is that intersection of hip hop and social emotional learning because social emotional learning is just learning on so many different levels. If you build up those social emotional learning competencies, you'll know how to have good interpersonal relationships. You'll know how to persevere when things get rough. You just know how to be a, a good citizen out there in the world. And that knows no color. Like Prophet Kareem was saying, hip hop knows no ethnicity, no color, no language. It's just hip hop, it's the culture. So if you create that culture of hip hop in your classroom, whatever subject, whatever your content area, 
you are being restorative in nature. And I know there's a big push for restorative practice, restorative justice. Hip hop embodies that. So for, for educators always going against using hip hop in education, it's like you're doing those kids and quote, those kids a disservice because we say, come as you are, but no, leave who you are in, in your neighborhood. No, if you can be your authentic self in class, then some of those barriers will come down. Behaviors will come down. Academics will go up. I promise you. I Kareem, promise you. Remember back it was a couple of years ago, and there was kids that called themselves uh, battling. Um, I, oh, oh, well, we had that fight. They showed us that boy's house. That was crazy. Set up at the house, and then um, we brought all the kids mm -hmm. down to the auditorium and was like, all right, here's the mic. You got you mm -hmm. want you want to talk all that stuff on, mm -hmm. on you know social media, but we're gonna give you a platform to be able to do this and then express yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh you remember that you remember that that, that situation? Absolutely. Because they all looked at each other like, oh, okay, they're gonna let the, they're gonna let this happen in school. Like we can actually use these, this, we can use the language in school. I don't know if we can do that. It's like when a kid asks me if he can drink a soda. I'm like, yeah, you can drink a soda. Like we can actually do that in school. So <laughs> being able to allow them to have that that platform, it it really does make them like feel like they belong in the education environment. So it, it allows them to be able to freely express and be able to get some frustration and, and some anger out. And then after all of it, become friends. Because really that's what it does. And even I think it wouldn't break in, uh, Meek Mill had that little, I want to call it squabble. They said it was just a, this is rap beef. That's all it is. It's not, nothing that's going to happen in the community. This is just rap beef. And a lot of times that's the easiest way for conflict resolution. Go ahead, go ahead, battle each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let me, I got to add, because he, he just kind of gave me the alley-oop. I got a Blake Griffin at home. So in my book, one of the chapters that I use is a Drake lyric. Um, and he said, what's the point of all the beefing when we really blood? And he was talking in reference to Meek Mill when they squashed it. So that chapter is all about conflict resolution. But that's just a slight example of how I take a lyric. Then we get into the actual social emotional learning um, aspect into it. And then I have lessons with it. So I created a whole curriculum based on a simple fact of these hip hop lyrics can change, change something in your students. You got to embrace it. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on, cause you talked about using hip hop and poetry. And I know Jamie, you have um, used that within your classroom. We talked about the hyperbole and, and things of that nature during our, our presentation. Can you touch on how do you can use the, you know, some of the, the lyrics within the classroom or hip hop within the classroom from an ELA's perspective? Absolutely. So um, I do teach ELA and obviously as an ELA teacher, ELA teacher, you can pull the practice of turning poetry into songs very easily. So it's just doing some research and finding out how to introduce that to your students. Um, so the, there's, uh, I, I use vocabulary a lot. Um, there's other websites that will actually create beats for you. And if your students are creative, creative enough, which I have been, um, had the honor of seeing they can make beats themselves. You throw something out there, they can do something based on figurative language. You can give them, I've had, had, have had children write memoirs through songs. I mean, really, you can throw that at any angle. Kids don't want to write essays anymore, but if you turn that into something that they understand, then you'd be amazed what they're going to put out for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that we talk about during our presentation is also using the cipher um, within mm -hmm. your classroom. Um, I'll give you a little bit. I ain't going to give you everything because you got to pay for this information, but mm -hmm. <laughs> give you a little bit of it and how we 
kind of used the, the, the concept of the cipher, the circle, um, 360 degrees and, and putting students within the cipher. And we, we using that, that artifact within the culture to um, have them express certain academic terms, um, whether it be spelling con competitions, whether it be math facts or whatever. Um, so we teach um, educators how to use that artifact and bring it into the classroom. So, so these are some definitely some tools that you could use if educators that are out there. Um, but I will warn you, and, and David touched on this a little bit, hip hop is about being authentic as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, the era that we grew up in, if you copy someone's lyrics or you were not authentic, we called you out on it. So, you know, mm -hmm. I remember one teacher, um, we invited me in a classroom and she was doing the lesson on poetry and she wrote a poem a rhyme and she had her hat to the side and and was trying to you know emulate some of the things and it just was not working those kids lit her up and i said you can't do that like you, you gotta be just be you you know what mm -hmm. i mean and just, just be you and that's what hip-hop's about being you um and unapologetically you like this is who i am um so just be careful educators out there do your research but authentically be yourself Talk about the book a little bit. What's what's the title of the book? How can people find it? All right, so shout out Marvin Gaye. The title is Just Like Music, Social Emotional mm -hmm. Learning Inspired by Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. And you can find it on Amazon, just like just the way I said it. Um, yeah, so with 17 lyrics, tracks, like I said, that same format. There's a piece of a lyric. I take that lyric, I make a lesson out of it. And then there's vocabulary, there's an independent practice for my content, there's a guided practice, and there's always a lesson wrap-up. So it, it's a full-blown curriculum built off of hip-hop. And it's really my, my pride and joy. Like, being of hip-hop, I mm -hmm. talk about this whenever I get the opportunity from, like, to do it. And um, spoken at some conferences, worked with some nonprofits, doing some stuff for some schools. It's been received well because the way it's packaged. Those those naysayers would say, you know, education and hip hop never would mix. But then when I present to them or when I train them, they're like, oh my God, we we should have been doing something like this a long time ago. And I just look, stand back, and be like, yeah, mm -hmm, absolutely, there for you. I, you touched on something earlier that. Uh, also with me is that I've learned probably way more through hip hop than I've ever mm -hmm. learned through a book or anything else. Um, I remember during the time, you know, the Karis ones and all those people were in public enemy were talking about people like Malcolm X and Mark, Marcus mm -hmm. Garvey, people I've never heard of before. I was like, who was that? I'm in the library. Mm -hmm. This is back when they had the card catalog. You had to mm -hmm. do the thing, you know what I mean, and find out the information. So next thing I know, mm -hmm. I'm reading autobiography of Malcolm X. I'm reading mm -hmm. uh, the miseducation of the Negro, all this stuff. And I'm like, the schools wasn't teaching me. So this is how I actually gain knowledge of self is through hip hop. Mm -hmm. So there's um, a lot of learning that could, could be um, done through hip hop, even in today's hip hop. I mean, you know, there's the commercial stuff that's out there and then there's, you know, some, even that, if you dig through it, it's telling you a story. Mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely um, um, space uh, to, to learn. So Kareem, he touched on social emotional learning and, and hip hop and, and, you know, you being guidance counselor, for those people that are in that space, how can they use some of the artifacts of hip hop within in, in counseling um, these young people? Well, me, um, I just want to just touch on what you just said. When you speak, I think of different songs that pop in my head. And um, one of the infamous songs that I, I truly enjoyed was Karis One, You Must Learn. It's like they suspended the teacher. Yeah, they suspended the teacher. <laughs> and if anyone is out there listening, that is a great song just to listen to and be able to learn more just about the African-American experience. Just listen to the song and just take notes because there are so many influential people 
that he spoke about in that particular song. And he read all of it to rhyme together. So it was awesome. But being authentic, that is something that um, is really learned in our practice, is being who you are and not trying to be something that you're not. So when a student comes into my office, they know that what they're going to get is authentic conversation. And that's why they really enjoy coming and talking to me, not because I give them a lot of strategy or coping skills, but they know they can come to my office and be authentic. They can really talk about their problems and things that they're going through in that particular world and know that they're not going to be judged for going through what they're going through. Like I like often like to say, it's called life. Hmm. So if any counselors out there listening, just make sure that you're always going to be authentic with your students so that when they come see you, they know exactly what they're going to get and walk away with because they know they're going to get the authentic you. And you're not going to try to pretend to be Dr. Phil. Hmm. They don't need that. They need a person that they can actually come have a conversation with that they can actually trust. Jamie, coming from the perspective of a teacher, special education teacher, um, any advice for any educators that are trying to use hip hop within in that classroom? Again, it's the, the same idea. You can't come to a classroom and be something that you're not. So if you're not familiar with hip hop, reach out to your students and get some information from them before you try to, to teach a lesson in the classroom. Um, and you know, a lot of times, again, students will step up to the plate, bring ideas into the classroom. Don't be afraid to use that, those ideas. You have to be a learner of your students as well. Absolutely. David, before we switch gears, uh, plug the book one more time, title, and how can they find it? All right, so it's just like music, um, social emotional learning inspired by hip hop. Of course, you can find it on Amazon.com. It's out. It's it's doing what it's doing. And I will say this since I got the opportunity, I will challenge any administration team, any PLC, do a book study on it. And if you cannot integrate it into your classroom, you call me personally and you'll get a refund because anybody who's done a book study is like, wow, there's so many gems we can use in our classroom or in our PLC. And that would just be my challenge to any educator um, listening and watching right now. All right, all right. We're going to switch gears because we like to have a little fun. I'm going to ask Kareem and David this question. There's going to be a competition between the two of you. I um, just made this up 30 seconds ago. I actually know the answer. <laughs> to it. If Go ahead, you credit got? Google, mm -hmm. MC, what are the top three names that will come up in that Google search without cheating? Without cheating, mm -hmm. because Google is biased. It's probably going to come up Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas, and Tupac. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> I, it's I, biased. I, I feel Go ahead, like what you got? I've done this like a few years ago. I know, what's the boy from uh, the KRS had the issue with? MC Shan is going to be one of the ones. Yep. Um, MC Hammer? Probably MC, MC Light. MC Light was number three. Really? Ooh. Hammer? No hammer? I see. Probably hammer. MC hammer. Hammer was in there. MC Ren also was in there. Ren. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So Google that's MC bad. and see who the top three <laughs> things that that's, pop that's, up. That's bad because it really should have been like credit to the guy who came up with the word MC, which is uh Rakim, the god. But it ain't bad. his name. Though. You got to think Google, man. You got to think. That's why. I, that's why I started with saying that Google's bias. <laughs> Shout out to Google if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us, let us update. Let us update all your hip hop information. Just let us call us. Let's all right, this, what, this next question is for everybody on the floor. I want your answer. All right. Best era in hip hop. Which one is better? 
I'm going to say mid to late mm. 80s or mid to late 90s. That's era in hip hop. And I don't know. I mean, because when you talk about Melly Mel and um, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Wild Cowboy, who, who's like, put your hands. And we still use that to start any concert. So it, it's, it's really hard to say that anything that came after them is better. Like, Melly Mel's a guy. Jamie, which era is better? 90s. That's when you was in a club dancing to those songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's when she was trying to sneak into the Wonder Garden. That's what she's trying to do. <laughs> David, what you got? I definitely got to go with the 90s, but then extended to the early 2000s as well. Um, for my era, you know, Dipset. Like, I was a big Dipset, Cam, Jewels, Jim Jones, Freaky Zeke, like, JR Ryder, like mm. all that whole era um, of hip hop, of course, Outkast, you know, Bun B, like there, there was a lot of um, variety out, E40, but just the 90s to that early 2000s to me is the best era. All right. So since you said Dipset, Dipset or Rough Riders? Oh, definitely Dipset. Harlem World, man. Wait a minute, you're not even from Harlem, from Philly. Don't matter. Don't matter. <laughs> I listened to them so much, I thought I was from Harlem. <laughs> what you got, Kareem? Uh, that, that's, that's tough. So I think that um, for me, because I, I'm a huge um, Jay fan, and I, like, I've seen Rockefeller just change the game. Uh, and not just in music, but also... With, with movies and they went on to be tremendous businessmen. And even Cam, I, I, will, I really don't like Cam because he came out with the pink Range Rover, but I got a lot of respect for Cam and what he's been able to do with his entire career from starting from nothing to something, reinventing himself over and over again. And even starting and paid in full. He did a great job in, in representing, you know, those guys from Harlem, can't say their names because we don't want to get shut off. Um, but it, I think that uh, for me, it probably had to be Cam. Jamie Dipset or Rough Riders? Rough Riders. Because she like rough guys. That's all it is. She like <laughs> she like motorcycles and tattoos. That's what she like. So I'm going to leave with, with Rough Riders because DMX did something that, that, that was unheard of with those two albums, um, number ones in the same year. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was very hard to do that as as an mm-hmm. artist because all the songs start to sound the same, but. He was, he was tough with it. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with that one. Um, and he was gifted. Like, he, if he wanted to act, he wanted to continue on that path for acting. Like, he was gifted. We did, like, three or four movies. X was yeah. gifted. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, here's the next one. Method Man or Red Man? Oh, M-E-T-H. No question. He did a song. He's the only guy that's featured on Biggie's album. What you got, I got love for both of them, but mm-hmm. I gotta go with Reggie Noble, man. Like I'll be that. Like I, that's you a not even from Jersey. You all over the place. You not even from Jersey. Nine seven three. What else? Look, I got my nickname is World Famous, so you know I got love for all styles. I, I pay my respect. I pay my homage to the to the boy. But yeah, I gotta go with with Red Man, Jamie. Can't hear you. Method Man. Method Man. Yes. I got to ride with Reggie Noble on this one. 
I have like Reggie. He didn't make a song with Mary. It doesn't matter. That Muddy Waters album, There's a Dark Side album. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he had more complete albums than than Mega Man was hot, but as far as I love them together, to be honest with you, yeah, love yeah. Them it definitely was um something special, mm -hmm. um interesting, huh? All right, who had the in their prime? Who had the best run? And it's kind of the same. I'm gonna go with Def Jam in their prime or Rockefeller in their prime. That's the last one. Mm. Uh, in that prime, I gotta go with Def Jam. Like you look at Rockefeller, like you had Cam for maybe one album or two albums, and then you had Jay. Everybody else, and maybe, maybe you 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 had Beans, but that's about it. You ain't throwing state property, Petey Crack, none of them in there. Yeah, one oh. album, <laughs> maybe one song. I don't. I, I mean, I, and I like state property. Flip sides. That song was by itself. They had, yeah, but Def Jam had LL. L been rapping for like what since '82. He had the he had the original Air Force Ones wearing, and he's probably still got his Air Force Ones made it too. He was rapping that long. He was in Crush Groove, and he was in Crush Groove. Crush Groove. Dave, what you got? I mean, I I, I definitely am a Rockefeller fan, but I think the better run had to go to Def Jam though. Mm -hmm. Jamie, final word. Def Jam and Rockefeller. I'm gonna say Rockefeller. Ugh, you, I'm sorry. It's about the club for you. I see the pattern. I see the pattern. You are, I just want to love it. I see you all up in there doing Jay-Z. I get it. I understand. I'm gonna go with Def Jam. I don't think Rockefeller can touch Def Jam in their prime, to be honest with you. Um, definitely. Well, Dave, I de definitely appreciate you being on our, our, our show today and our podcast. Definitely gave us some jewels. Um, we're going to go around and we're going to have any last words here. So, Dave, I'm going to give you the floor first. Any last words? Um, again, and at the end, if you could just tell people how they can get in contact with you. Uh, well, the parting words would be big up all the educators who are doing innovative things. That's really the key. Um, significant learning only happens when students are engaged. So if we're doing the same thing because we've been doing it forever, then students will not be engaged, especially coming out of this pandemic. We have to do some new and innovative things. So big up any educator that's trying to do new things. And I would say this, while you're doing these innovative strategies, please get your data because that's what schools are going to ride and die by. If the data confirms what you're doing is effective, it can become best practice and it can be more, it can be used more wide scale. Um, like I said, the book, just like music, social emotional learning inspired by hip hop, go get that on Amazon. If you want to reach me on IG, it's Mr. Happy, Spanish J, so M-R-J-A-P-P-I on LinkedIn, David Spellman, um, my email, positivearcher at gmail.com. And I'm just here to collaborate. And I just love finding individuals, like-minded individuals that are part of the tribe of educators that's doing nice and innovative things. So. I appreciate y'all. Definitely. Jamie, any last words? Um, just don't be afraid to think outside of the box. Uh, try something new in your classroom. You might, you're not going to be comfortable with it the first time around. You know, it's okay to make mistakes the first time you do it, the second time you do it. But if your students are learning, then you need to not be afraid to give it a try. Oh, Kareem. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I just want to thank the homie, but I do have a question, and I've been waiting about maybe 10, 15 minutes. Uh, now, my my question is to the homie, what chapter is DOS effects in? <laughs> so you have my to era of individual, he's not in uh, this, the, the current version, but there's well, going to be more books to come. Now, now I, got, now I got to be petty because they went to Virginia State. You, you went to Virginia Union. They went to Virginia State. That's you still think, yes, you still, but you're supposed to include them because it's, you diggity diggity supposed to like them. <laughs> Look, there's there's so much content and so many artists to, <laughs> to make more books. So they might get a little uh, reference in the next one. <laughs> okay. Hilarious. What what other what rappers do you know that said in their rhymes, they knickknack paddywhack? <laughs> Give a dog a bone, <laughs> the the hip bone connect to the thigh bone or something like that. They put that in a run, like man, they not See, rapping, are they? Go ahead. I'll, I'll say I'll say this. That's going to be uh -huh. hard to integrate with social emotional learning that lit <laughs> like that. So I, <laughs> I had to keep the content, you know, a certain a certain way. Nice. But much respect to them. Yeah. Me, me so me so they said Roscoe P. Co-trade. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. But you was rocking it in your car, though. Oh, you better believe it, because Eric Sherman, Eric Sherman had them beats. Mm -hmm. But, but for those guys from Brooklyn, shout out to to Dots Effects, and I mean, in part of that area, because you can't exclude them. But you know, they they brought some real fun to hip hop, even if their knee bone did connect to their leg bone and stuff. They wasn't even talking real biology, and these are college students that, that that's not even connecting stuff together. Um, had, I guess they had to dub it down, I guess. I don't know. For the audience. <laughs> yeah, shout out for the homie, man. We appreciate you coming on to the, to the podcast. You know, continue to do big things, man. And if anything that we can do to, to help or we can collaborate in kind of way, you know, we always here. Cause we're always looking for those uh, within the space to hook up and link with. Facts, facts, facts. Um, so some housekeeping things before we get out of here. Again, don't forget our free educational leadership seminar for new and new and aspiring assistant principals. Um, you missed part one, but it's up on the website, theincomperspective.com. Um, on June 10th, we're doing um, one on interview techniques. And then on June, I'm sorry, June 3rd, we're doing uh, interview techniques. And June 10th, we are doing connecting the dots on how to use customer service to build relationships in your classroom. Um, I just want to say we've been doing this podcast through throughout the pandemic and our message has always been prepare yourself now for the back end of this thing and now we're starting to get to the back end of this thing and all these opportunities are opening up and a lot of you are sitting there with your thumb in your mouth because you didn't listen to us i told you to get yourself together i told you to get your certifications i told you to get your business plans together because when things open up you're gonna have a whole lot of opportunities and the time to go is now you still got time but you could have been ahead of the game if you would have got your ducks in a row um, when we told you to do it. So um, if you, especially if you're in an education space, there's a lot of people that are leaving the profession. That means there's a lot of open opportunities. Um, it's opportunities everywhere. You look out there now and people, there's jobs everywhere and no one's taking them. Right? Mm -hmm. So make sure that you sharpen your skill set and um, get out there and get, get, get out there and get that money. And then go out there and teach somebody and bring them along as well. So mm -hmm. make sure you do that as well. Again, check us out. Um, also, I'm going to make a kind of major announcement right now. Prediction: We're going to have Empower Fest 22 in February. Empowerment Perspective Group is doing its own conference. I'm tired of speaking at other people's conferences. We might as well just do our own thing and um, you know make it make it happen and put our own spin on it. So that's definitely coming as well. So um, thank you again, David. 
uh, for being on. We definitely appreciate you. And like Kareem said, if there's anything that we can do to help and assist, we definitely uh, would like to rock with you for sure. So uh, to everybody out there, as always, stay empowered.